It's 12 Enough, Season 11, Episode 9D, with your host, Jonathan Malone, and guest host, Travis Normal. 12 Enough is a podcast about Christian faith and culture in the modern age. Not postmodern or pre-modern, just the modern. Your host, Jonathan Malone, is the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island. Your guest host, Travis Norville, is the pastor of the Judson Memorial Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. This podcast is brought to you by the A minor chord, because that is the saddest of all the chords. A minor. Thanks, A minor. You bring us down. And we're back. Uh, that was a thinly veiled reference, the, the podcast sponsor, a thinly veiled reference to a uh, pop culture moment. If you knew it, you're welcome. If you didn't know it, maybe you still thought it was interesting that A minor, the chord, and the key itself uh, would sponsor a show and might be wondering why. Well, because today I, I get to, I talked to Travis today, actually I did it a while ago, but um, you're hearing it today. I talked to Travis about um, Johnny Cash. Uh, and Johnny Cash is not known for his upbeat, lively, colorful, fanciful songs, but more for his darker, somber, honest, A minor approach. I don't know if he played a lot in A minor. I don't have perfect pitch. I just don't know. Uh, but Travis is... Um, someone who, uh, he does a lot of different things. He, many, many may know him as the pastor that likes to bike a lot. He cycles all around Minneapolis and, and the Minneapolis area, maybe sometimes St. Paul. Uh, and no matter the weather, he cycles all the time, which is great. Um, but he also is a huge fan and devotee of Johnny Cash. And I was thinking about the What You Into episode, and I thought, Travis really likes Johnny Cash. I mean, really likes Johnny Cash. It's a little weird. Uh, but, you know, that's the kind of stuff I like to talk about. I like to talk to people who are a little weird. So I asked Travis, I said, hey, come on the show. Come on. Let's talk. Uh, I uh, have inserted some clips of some of the songs that we talk about. Uh, so if you start hearing music, you're not going crazy. It's actually was deliberate because uh, I think it's always helpful to hear a little bit when you're talking about music. Of, of what it is that, that we're talking about. When I do a show with someone and we talk about some art, I'll figure out a way to insert some visuals. So while you're listening, all of a sudden visuals will pop in front of your head. But uh, I haven't done that yet, so don't worry about it. So I hope you enjoy this episode, uh, this conversation I had with Travis, the What You Into, about Johnny Cash. <laughs> I'm here with Travis Norville. Travis is the pastor of the Judson Memorial Baptist Church, and I'm not going to say what city. You have to figure it out. <laughs> um, no, it's in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, how long have you been there, Travis? Seven years. Seven years? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's pretty good. Are they starting to actually listen to you now? 
I think we're just now getting to the point where we, you know, fully trust each other and deep relationships. So yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. Next mm-hmm. is betrayal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, I mean, if it happens or not, there'll be feelings of betrayal in one way or another. So just yeah. to, it's this just all, a heads this up. all just been a setup for betrayal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I've been at, I've been at my place for like ten years, and we've gone through betrayal, and now we're in denial. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird that yeah, the relationship between pastors and churches is kind of a, a, a skewed Cupola Ross kind of stages of grief. Yeah, um, yeah. it's in reverse. It yeah. is. It is totally. Yeah. yeah, we start with acceptance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we work our way. So when yeah. when there's just like yeah, since I'm in denial, that means I'm almost done, right? And we went through anger. And, yeah, or you could just be in this pattern of, you know, of denial for 10 more years. Some may yeah. say that's what it means to have faith, to just be in a state of denial. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that. That's not what we're here. <laughs> this is the What You Into episode. And uh, uh, Travis, yeah, I, you're known to be into a, a bunch of things. And I'm going to just give the plug once that if you want to talk to anyone who does a lot of cycling, um, Travis is the guy to talk to. He, he bikes all year round. In Minneapolis, yeah. Let that settle for a Great. second. Yeah, it's yeah. which which is not known for its uh, temperate winters. It is. Uh, it's snowing this morning. Was yeah. it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, see, but we're not going to talk about your biking. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, neuroses. Because uh, no. you're also uh, another thing that I just known about you, just knowing you here and there, uh, is you. You kind of like Johnny Cash. I do, I do, I do. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Did yeah. you ever get to see him live? Uh, no, I uh, did not. You know, I almost, yeah, no, I didn't. No. <sighs> By the time that I, he kind of reacquainted myself with him, he was, you know, he was, he wasn't touring. And, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, so I have to admit, I am a, an admirer of Johnny Cash. <clears throat> I have, like, a couple of songs and like one album and it's like the greatest hits. So I would not consider oh, sure. myself a fan. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, I don't have the deep cuts. I couldn't name the albums or anything like that. So I'm going to be kind of following your lead for this. But uh, Travis sent me just a great song list of, of what he said were his favorite songs. And it's if I had to count it up really quick, it's about 110 songs. <laughs> that Travis. <laughs> but it's hard to, you know, he, he did over a thousand songs. So yeah. It's kind of hard to, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not that many, but I'll put the yeah. list on the show notes so people can yeah. see some of some of Travis's. And I'm sure that you even had, did you have some moments where you're like, ah, oh, I really should add this song, but I already got too much. And Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, and it changes each day, you know, like what would be what I'd put on that list. Yeah. So, um, and, and I, I listened to most of them. There was a couple that I still wasn't able to, to get to yet. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of songs. Um, yeah. But I, if someone came to you and said, what is it about Johnny Cash that, it, that means so much to you? What, how would you kind of answer that in like, in, in, on the elevator? So what's your, oh, what's yeah. your Johnny Cash um, elevator speech? You know, I, I would say he's he's just somebody that could bridge worlds that nobody else could. So, hmm. you know, he's he's in both the you know the country music hall of fame and the rock and roll hall of fame. Oh wow! Um, Has anyone else you know, said he, that? There must be other people. Uh, there are a couple other people, but I think he's the he was the first to. Yeah, he's you know, the one that really did it well, though. Everyone else was just kind yeah, of fakers. Yeah. They're just kind of trying to be like Johnny Cash. Exactly. You <laughs> yeah. know, yeah, and you know, I think there's that. I mean, he's also in that school with. You know, kind of with Bob Dylan. I mean, they don't really sing. They kind of talk with music in the background. Mm. And, um, 
So it's not like you're getting high art with Johnny Cash, but yet he's able to appeal to you know lots of people. So um, I think that's that's the thing that really appeals to me. It's just that when you're listening to him, you feel like you're really listening to somebody who's you know they're not a uh, a fully polished musician. They're right. just kind of singing a little rough, and it's it was rough around the edges. Kind of really you know makes it enduring. So I would. Um, so do you think his it's uh, um, it's more about the lyrics and the melody for Johnny oh, yeah, Cash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's the it's. I mean, I mean, everything's four four. I don't even know if he did a waltz. You know, I mean, it's just a. Yeah, I mean, it must it's be easy to follow along, and it's just kind of that backbeat that uh, you know his his lead guitar kind of kind of double picked. So you got that da 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 da. Right, you know, right. And that's almost in every song. So I mean, it's easy to you know. Yeah, you kind of know it when you hear the guitar playing. He's like, "Yeah, that's Johnny Cash or someone." Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yes, and he wasn't known as a brilliant guitarist. I mean, not to put him down. The guy is a, a brilliant musician. No, no, but I don't I think. think yeah, I don't think that's a. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think anybody's going around being like his guitar play was amazing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know what Johnny Cash fans. What do you guys call yourself? Cash heads. Yeah, I've never heard of a name. I don't know. Yeah, um, but I don't know how violent they are, so I've got to be careful because I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. my house being picketed by Johnny Cash fans. Like he yeah, was yeah. a great guitarist. How dare yeah, you? Yeah. Um, you know, I just I just always need to be careful because there's a lot of violence in his songs. Yeah, a lot of you know. I think that's other kind of appeal, right? I mean, that's how the songs. You know, how are you going to deal with violence? Are you going to portray it? Or are you going to feel like you know a kind of cathartic way to? Yeah, so sing a, through it. A yeah. boy named Sue isn't in your in your list. Well, it used to be in my list, but you know, with I, I think that with the you know sensitivity to transgendered mm. uh, folk, I don't think it's actually you know. I think if he had to do it all over again, maybe that song wouldn't be out. But you know, it's just, that song there's again, you know, a collaboration. So Johnny Cash wrote a lot of songs, but mm-hmm. that song was written by Shel Silverstein, the oh, guy right. who wrote uh, you know where the sidewalk ends and. He's a giving tree. Yeah, yeah, he was an interesting figure too. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those pictures in your children's books, you seem like who is this crazed individual? You know. So and apparently yeah. in Martha's Vineyard, he was a crazed individual. Oh really? That's the, yeah, that he just kind of yeah. They were like, just stay away from him. Just <laughs> that's yeah. the stories of, of Shel Silverstein. So yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know he wrote a boy named Sue, but you know what? That makes sense. Yeah, and, and yeah. I, yeah, I think you're right. I think if he were to write it today, it may be a very different kind of song. Yeah, yeah. Um, but to still capture that father-son relationship at the end of that song is, you know, that's what's a deeper meaning in there. Like, yeah, what is it's, it? it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, he's 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 doing like the five, you know, uh, basic themes of human life that you know in the Old Testament. So there are five basic know, I mean, themes of human life. Well, you know, I just made that up, but it sounds about right, doesn't it? Yeah. Let's yeah. go with it. So there's yeah, five. Yeah. The first one is father son. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the one be you know the father son. You know, the relationship gets broken. Yep. Relationships redeemed. Uh, relationship finds new ground. And then, and then uh, we're back to uh, betrayal, denial. But, and then hero search for for him or herself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Some kind of yeah. 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 And you can see all those in most Johnny Cash songs, folks. Yeah. I hope you wrote all that down because I'm not putting that in the show notes. <laughs> that was just too good. For me to put out there so freely, you need to yeah, yeah, work yeah. a little bit. <laughs> those, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. That's so, how folks will get their uh, continuing education. Yeah, that's promised. right. Yeah, yes, yes. which um, by the way, Travis. Yeah, for the listeners, Travis and I were talking earlier about how um, uh, you can go ahead and apply for continuing ed credits if you listen to these episodes, if you listen to these shows. Uh, uh, just send them to Minister's Council, 
uh, yeah, national yeah. level, they'll give you the CEU credits if you listen to this podcast. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be at a booth at the uh, ABC Biennial where they'll be passing out the yeah. <laughs> the forms. <laughs> yeah. You listen to that podcast? Good yeah. enough. <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to the Christian Century podcast. Listen to this one. Yeah, yeah. This one gives you more. <laughs> it gives you more if I don't yeah yeah um, I, I shouldn't say that the Christian Century podcast is a fine podcast where people write <laughs> articles and then they just read the article they wrote but, yeah. so if you can't read for whatever reason that's a good podcast to listen to and I should say yeah. I, I actually I listened to that podcast so I, yeah I, most of us do yeah yeah. Um, yeah but what so I want to get back to that violence thing because yeah there yes, is yes. there is even yeah I know there is um, you know Folsom um, Folsom Prison Blues is yep. pretty violent. Um, I mean, the um, what was it? God's gonna cut you down. That's got some violence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah. I, a lot yeah. of these are just. I really enjoyed them. So, what do you think about? Can you say more about that idea of, of violence that you were saying, like uh, ways to kind of work through it? Or, well, you know, I think the violence was uh, definitely part of his childhood and definitely part of uh, you know life in general and. Uh, I think it was a way to kind of give voice to it, you know, not deny that there's violence in our world. And here's maybe a helpful way of like, you know, it gives you a perspective. I remember that, uh, you know, during, do you remember during the late 80s, kind of like, for me at least in West Virginia, that's where kind of rap music finally first came into my consciousness. It took, well, and, I mean, in West Virginia, it took a while before yeah, they actually let it, it into the state. It took a long time, you know, for, you know, for it to get there. And there was a lot of upheaval over the violence in the lyrics. Right. And, yeah. and then, and then I remember Bono was on MTV and he was like, but you know, no one's saying this about Folsom prison blues or the words in Johnny cash. What's the difference? Oh yeah. And, and I was like, you know, he's exactly right. It's the same violence. And, but, uh, and it's not like saying go out and kill people in the songs. Right. Uh, right. but it's a way of describing reality. Yeah. I, I yeah, that's what I kind of hear. And it's, it's a description of reality. Um, that yeah, that is almost stone faced in the way it, it describes it. To not glorify yeah. it, but to not condemn it. To say this is just a part of life. Yeah. So and I, yeah, go I ahead. remember when he was talking about the when he would perform Folsom Prison Blues in you know in a, in a prison, mm-hmm. and he would say that line, you know, shot a man in prison, or I shot a man just to watch him die. A man in Reno. And people would in Reno, and people would cheer, and yeah. he would like almost get scared. Because that was people's reactions, you know. He was right. thinking, like, how many guys had actually done that here? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that was the San Quentin um, concert. I think that was was one of the ones that was really, um, which that was another good song. It's San Quentin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so which I mean, is, almost yeah. you almost yeah. think it. You know, do you feel like there's like a new test, an Old Testament version of Cash, and a New Testament version of Cash, depending on the songs? <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm sure they're there. I mean, I, I, uh, I would say there's maybe a, a unified version of cash, you know? Yeah, oh, yeah. that's, that's so good of you. That's so, <laughs> <laughs> you got to bring the testaments together. <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't like those divisions anymore. You know I mean? Like the, I mean, we all have those sides of us that. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of songs, you know, the gospel songs that he sings. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, like, so I, you can't see this, but when I was, uh, in my office, I have two Johnny Cash albums. Okay. And they were in my mom's and dad's um, hope chest. Oh, okay. They were, when they got married, they, they lived with my um, 
they lived with my in-laws for a little bit and then they had to move out and they got their own place and they threw everything into this chest and then forgot about it. Hmm. And then like 30 years later, I find it and I'm looking through it and there's two albums. And the first one is Johnny Cash, Hymns from the Heart. Oh. And it shows him in front of an old, you know, kind of Western looking wood church. Yeah. And then the next, the very next album was Johnny Cash, Mean as Hell. And, uh, (laughs) You know, it's him with this gun pointed at us. And I think, you know, those are the two. When I talk about bridging worlds, you know, I I think he was or both testaments. He was, you know, he was there in both uh, phases. Yeah. 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 That's I have. I actually the other album I have is him doing gospel songs. I don't think it's that same one. Yeah. 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 I think it was one of the later songs that he did. uh, Later albums that he did. But yeah. And I mean, his renditions of them are fantastic and it it sounds authentic. But that's also just him being a good musician. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's got a he's got a really nice one. Uh, he and June Carter Cash went to Israel, and then they they made a record where they tried to capture the sounds of Israel. Hmm. And it's a uh, it's a really interesting it's a really interesting it's a fun album to listen to. And I have the LP, and it, the LP was a a hologram. So you know when you move it, it what like Johnny Cash kind of moves too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What kind yeah, of yeah yeah. Space age kind of technology is this? I know, I know. Exactly. So, wait, yeah. so wait, I want to just let me sit with this for a second. You have a record, which yeah. is now seen as more or less an antiquated, niche kind of, uh, you know, uh, a bit of technology. Yeah, yeah. And on that record, LP as you put it, but a yeah. record is a hologram, which we're still trying to figure out how to make that work. Yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's pretty. Uh, most of you know most of the stuff I have are LPs, and the only reason because you know the, there are so many albums that they haven't released yet in digital form. No kidding. Um, that are you know they really kind of, I mean they've released a, quite a few of them, but there are some that they haven't yet, and they have some really good songs on them. So whenever I find them in record stores, I just pick them up. Yeah. So um, looking at at one of the songs, I, I mean just as I was listening to these, I listened to uh, Southern Accents. And then the mercy seat, one right after oh, the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. And um, you want to talk about those a little bit? Those two songs, for some reason, they're just sitting with me. Like, oh yeah, yeah. And you know, those are all songs from the. So you know, so Johnny Cash had several uh, periods in his life. So there's okay. the when he first comes out and forms the Johnny C, you know, Johnny, C, Johnny Cash and the Tennessee Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of the first big wave, and then they have the second wave where he. Uh, goes to Columbia Records and becomes kind of the superstar that he was. Yeah. And then there's this kind of dry period in the 80s where he was, you know, um, uh, still, you know, kind of the effects of being a drug addict kind of took its toll on him, and he really didn't do much good creative stuff. Right. And he was basically kind of an obscure, um, an obscure artist, kind of like forgotten. And, our, and then Rick Rubin, who was the, you know, the oh, guy right. who was at, you know, New York University and, you know, got the Beastie Boys started. Right. Um, start, you know, went to him and said, hey, can we do a record? And so they go to Cash's, um, uh, what do you call it, like his cabin in Tennessee. Right. And they, they start this kind of pared down versions of songs. So um, Southern Accents is on there. And, and I'm trying to think. I don't think he wrote Southern Accents. I know he didn't write Mercy Seat. Okay. Um, without both of those. But there again, the whole point was... He was going to find songs that he always loved and then sing them through this kind of raw voice. Well, he did uh, – was that the same album where he did Hurt? 
Uh, well, it's, it's there's four albums. Oh, okay, that are all but it was with so Rick. Hurt, but Hurt's, but Hurt would be there. Yeah. And that was with Rick Rubin that he did Hurt. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, because yeah, that's a Trent yeah. Reznor song, I believe, right? It is. Yeah, exactly. And what Trent Reznor says now it's a Johnny Cash song. Well, yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, when that I did, I remember when that came out because I think I yeah. had the Nine Inch. I, you know, I was into Nine Inch Nails because I was. You know, oh yeah, yeah. Because I'm a, a white male that's angry but not sure how to express my rage, so <laughs> I, I listen to. Nine Inch Nails. So I remember Hurt, and then when I heard the Johnny Cash version, I was like, holy cow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just flowing through him, you know? Yeah, yeah. it was beautiful. But yeah, but Southern Accents, that's a, that's a song. I I've, uh, I remember one time I did a sermon in in college with that, and we used that as the text. Mm. Uh, and uh, But no one would say, uh, when I said the word of the Lord, no one would say, thanks be to God. Um, after that one, so <laughs> where, where'd, I you, did that, where, where'd you go to college? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll leave that for another time. Another okay. place. Um, thundering yeah. herd, though, was it thundering herd? The, yeah, it was a thundering herd. That's yeah. all we're yeah. gonna say. Yeah. People can look yeah. it up, but it's my yeah. favorite mascot because it's plural. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a singular mascot. It yeah. is. I know, and I love the. Di- I I love that that yeah. dichotomy. Um, uh, but anyway, so yeah, Travis went to the Thundering Herd school. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, so so they didn't. Maybe it's just because there weren't enough Episcopalians in the group to know. Yeah, maybe they didn't know what to do with that. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, if yeah, you're in a so. place where it's mostly Baptist and you say this is the word of the Lord, they would say sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would. Um, yeah. So, so so what 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 was it about Southern accents that made you? You know, I think. I you know I wasn't sure what to think about it when I with it's just the title. And yeah, for, yeah. for me, I'm someone that I hear melody first. Yeah. And I think, you know, and, and you know, you know, my my spouse is she's different. She hears lyrics first. That's where she goes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the melody first like really caught me. Yeah, it's a nice simple one too. Yeah. Yeah. Call it country. The Yankees called it dumb. I got my own way of talking, but everything is done with a southern accent. Where I Um, but then it was, I mean, there was a melancholy to it, uh, but still also a, a sense of this is just who I am. Yeah. Uh, it, and it, but it wasn't, it's not like a protest song. No, not at all. I think it's a kind of an uplifting song of, of who he is. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and not like, so I think of like, like Man in Black. Like that yeah. one, oh, yeah. I, I hear that more of like, we got to, you know, things aren't right in the world. And, yeah. you know, I'm going to be speaking out against it. And I hear also like, come on, everyone should be yeah. know, not feeling good about it. I didn't hear that with Southern accents. I heard it more of a, an autobiographical, like, this is just who I am. And it, this is who I am. Yeah. Good or bad. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, and, and I think that's different from because I think there's a mentality that you know, you know, and I'll admit there's a there's like a northern chauvinism that I've grown up with. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. that that certainly um, looks down on the South to a degree, and I try to you know temper that as best I can, but it's going to be there. You know, plus I'm also uh, a snobby intellectual, so that's gonna. You know that's going to play into it as well. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I own are, that. Are, are the two mutually exclusive? I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> I, you, if you were to ever meet some of my relatives, you would say yes. yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how many of them listen, so I'm not going to say any more than that. Yeah. Uh, so when I see a song, Southern Accents, I I think it's going to be like you know, proud of the flag, and mm-hmm. you know, like. You know, whatever, you know, like that kind of like, this is who we are and, you know, and, and we're not going to back down kind of thing. And that's not what I heard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Tom Petty's on that song, too. So oh, no that's kidding. A, yeah. Yeah. Playing. Um, yeah. So I think that's part of it. You know, I mean, like uh, you wouldn't necessarily think of Tom Petty as a I mean, I don't know. But would you I mean, he is a southern rocker, but you know, yeah. you don't, he doesn't have that same South feel. He's too nasally to hear the accent as much. Right. Whereas, you know, uh, Cash has that bass baritone that you hear it more often. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. point where, yeah, um, yeah, it's with a lot of singers, it's hard to hear their accent. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't hear New Jersey too much in, in Bruce Springsteen. No, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, yeah. you just hear honesty and hard work <laughs> <laughs> when Bruce Springsteen yeah. stings. That's what you hear. <laughs> honesty yeah. and hard work. <laughs> but yeah, Cash is someone you hear you hear the Southern act. Now, what? Where do you, where is he from originally? He's from uh, Dice, Arkansas. Yeah. Okay. It's it's about uh I guess maybe forty minutes kind of northwest of Memphis. Okay. Have you been to his birthplace? Yeah. No, I was going to this summer, but we couldn't. Yeah. Ah. But the fact yeah, that I you mean, were planning on going to his birthplace does again give you credibility. To- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> True. Yeah. yeah, I don't even want to go to my own birthplace, let alone someone yeah. else's. <laughs> but then, so to go from that to Mercy Seat, mm-hmm. um, and I think it might have just been there is a melancholy in both songs that kind of spoke to me. But what what is your impression of, of Mercy Seat? It all began when they took me from my home and put me on death row. A crime for which I'm totally innocent, you know. I began to warm and chill to objects and their fields, a ragged cup, a twisted mop, the face of Jesus in my soup, those sinister dinner deals, the meal trolleys, wicked wheels, a hook bone rising from my food, and all things either good or ungood. And the mercy seat is waiting, and I think my head is burning, and in a way I'm yearning, to be done with all this weighing of the truth An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth And any way I told the truth And I'm not afraid to die Well, you know, I'm, I'm probably a, a melody guy too 
Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things that draws me to things. But um, but both of those are in the minor key, aren't they? Yeah. They start off in the minor key? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, that kind of throws you off with his songs, first of all. He, he doesn't really write a lot. Most of them are in major. Um, right. So to hear that set you off. But, you know, I, I think what, what the song's done for me in a different way. So, uh, you know, like, like I usually play that song on Good Friday. Oh, yeah. And, you know, just as a way to kind of hear it. And I remember the first time I did it, I didn't, I didn't really know what I was doing. I just liked the song. I thought, well, let's, let's, let's play it on Good Friday. And there was a person in the congregation whose brother had been shot and killed by someone. And, uh, you know, and she's just like, um, wow. uh, you know, kind of weeping afterwards, both for her brother, but then also for the loss of life of the, the guy who shot him. Oh yeah. Um, so it's just a, you know, just when I think about, you know, why cash, you know, I mean, I don't know too many other people I could play a song by. Well, and I'm you know, saying that, uh, yeah. Nick, so Nick Cave and Mike Harvey, yeah, wrote, yeah, wrote the yeah. song, and and, and yeah. Nick Cave is also known as just this brilliant songwriter. Yeah, yeah. So this yeah. makes sense as a Nick Cave kind of song, but it's still, I mean, it's a yeah, it's about a guy on death row. Got the good, you know. I mean, he's done. He, that's funny. You know, I think there's four songs that Cash has sung about death penalty issues. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And is it is it also more are the others more introspective as well? Not of like the death penalty no. wrong, but no, uh, no. They're all kind of they're they're kind of playful actually in a oh, weird okay. way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this one's very introspective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, you know, and in the end, I wonder, like, you know, is this someone who's been redeemed? Oh, you want, yeah, it's kind of left open-ended. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, and it's, so it's, it is a, it, I, I, I think that's a great idea to use it for a Good Friday ser- service. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, encourage you to you know you can hear a little bit of it but um go listen to the whole song and, and look at the the lyrics because um, they're very they're really strong um what are some of the ones that cash actually wrote is there uh, a cash original that sticks out to you oh that everyone would know for sure um well that you like 
Who cares if they know it? <laughs> Travis, if you know nothing else about this podcast, is we're not here to kowtow to the popular <laughs> consent. Well, here's the problem with like trying to pick a, a Johnny Cash original. <laughs> yeah, he did, he did write a lot of songs, but you know he was such a um, uh, he wrote with other people. Yeah, you know, and so there was like a community of writers that he was always writing with. Okay, that um, that's what makes it really hard. I mean, like, so if you just, I mean, I was just looking at a couple of back of albums just to say, well, I wonder you know, if this one to say that it's, it's it's only a Johnny Cash song, I get kind of in trouble with. Right, right. But, um, right. You know, I mean, like, like Wanted Man, it's a great song that he and Bob Dylan wrote together. Oh, okay. You know, and uh, A Girl from the North Country, he and uh, Bob Dylan did together. So I love those kind of songs that he did with other people, wrote with them uh, collaborative. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, San Quentin, I mean, that's a great song. That was written by Glenn Shirley, who was a... No, no, he wrote he wrote San Quentin, sorry. Um, maybe it is San Quentin, you know, it's just because I just love that first note that starts it off with. So I'll go San Quentin. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And I was thinking about you guys yesterday. I'd been here three times before, and I think I understand a little bit how you feel about some things. It's none of my business how you feel about some other things, and I don't give a damn how you feel about some other things. But anyway, I tried to put myself in your place, and I believe this is the way that I would feel about San Quentin. You've been living hell to me You blistered me since 1963 I've seen them come and go And I've seen them die And long ago I stopped asking why San Quentin, I hate every inch of you I mean, this one... I, I think is uh, uh, certainly powerful for today when, when there's a, a good movement going around against mass incarceration. Yeah, yeah, this should be the theme song for it, that song. For it that really, yeah. yeah, that it hasn't, yeah, that it isn't, is, yeah, is a yeah. shame. Um, and I hold you responsible, Travis, since you're such a fan. Yeah, I should be out there. <laughs> you should be out there, like just saying, just yeah. writing to yeah. heads of movements, so like, dear sir or madam, <laughs> please use this song as your theme song. Yeah, I'm sure that the uh, Cash family would appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Why wouldn't they? <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know. Everything's so much copyrighted. So, oh, that's I mean, true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but again, this is another one. You know that, that while there's anger in there, um, I mean, it, it it's got this introspective aspect to it. Um, yeah, it it's still it's also just kind of it's I, I see it as just saying this is how it is. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you know, he 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 was in prison for a very short amount of time, like a oh, couple okay. weeks. It wasn't like he served hard time for years. But I think this is the one of the uh, areas. You know, Johnny Cash is my model for preaching. Okay, uh, say more uh, about you that. Know, well, he enables you to uh, uh, he enables you to inhabit different worlds. You know, so I mean, he wasn't a, he, he, this was an imaginative song. What did, what he thought it would feel like to be in prison. And you know, yeah. kind of writes it out one day, and then comes up with it, and you're just like, wow, you know, that's a, and the and the people at the prison responded positively. Yeah. And I think we, you know, our job is not to necessarily be uh, 
truthful all the time, but to, you know, try to tell some stories and try to imagine what these worlds are like and what we're, you know, what we could say about them. I would say that that's, that is being truthful in a deeper kind of way. No, I would too. I, would oh, yeah, too. I don't want people to walk away and say, like, Pastor Travis says <laughs> pastors aren't truthful all the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Joan Didion, uh, the writer, she said, uh, you know, she wrote a lot of personal essays. Yeah. And someone asked her how much, what percentage was true. And she said 78%. And well, then that's she wrote really a, precise. Yeah, she wrote a memoir. And then they said, well, what is it now? And she said about 78%. So <laughs> I figure, you know. If well, sermons are about seventy eight percent true we're we're pretty good yeah. well, I think I mean yeah to, there are times when I'll take experiences that I've had or that I've heard other people you know other people have told me about them, and I will retell them in such a way that I know my folks can connect yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. The, the yeah, so they're coming from a, an underlying truth creative nonfiction that's yeah. a good way to put it, yeah, yeah and of yeah. course, the deeper truth that is that even if we're we're telling stories. The stories are connected with a deeper truth. The yeah, truth, exactly. Truth of the gospel, uh, something like that, you know. Yeah, truth of life, you know, yeah. all those things. <laughs> well, clearly you're American Baptist. It's <laughs> 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 fast and loose with truth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so one of the things I, I did appreciate that there are a number of songs, you know, that are covers, and and we have kind of already touched on this a little bit. That yeah, he, he yeah. wrote some, and then, you know, some other people have written. But there are a lot of, you know, there's some folk songs in here, some gospel songs. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, let's stay with her a little bit because yeah, okay. I think that might be the best example of kind of what I'm I'm thinking about. For him to take a song that someone else has done, and and they've done it in their way. Mm-hmm. And for Cash to say, now I'm going to give you my version. And, and that, usually when we hear covers of songs, right, it's still, you could still say, oh, yeah, I can hear the other band in that cover. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? sure. Right, yeah. And I think for a long time, Flaming Lips did a, a cover of Dark Side of the Moon, like, every yeah, Halloween yeah. night. Like, they would do just the, and I'm sure it was amazing. I, I, I love Flaming Lips, great band. I don't know if they're still doing stuff. I hope they are. But uh, and I'm, but I'm sure you could hear it and I'm like yeah that's definitely Pink Floyd and and Flaming mm-hmm. Lips and Pink Floyd have a lot of similarities, you know. And just as an aside, Dark Side of the Moon is not their best album, folks. All right, let it go. It's not their best. Nor is the Wall. Please don't yeah don't even think that the Wall is. Um, it's either Adam Hartmother or Uma Guma or Sasha Full of Secrets or Metal, um, or Animals. Anyway. Um, but what Cash does is he really owns it. Yeah. And um, that there's a refreshing quality to that, that, to, that you hear it. And, and I mean, like you said, like Trent Reznor says, you know, now Hurt is a Johnny Cash song. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, uh, what, what Cash is doing is a familiar folk, folk song tradition. Okay. So his, so his father-in-law... Once he married June Carter, um, you know, would have been A.P. Carter. Okay. It would have and, been, what uh, happened? Did he change his name or? <laughs> <laughs> or, or it was A.P. Carter. Yeah. Thought, was it was A.P. Carter. Oh, okay, good. Carter. Sorry. So, um, you know, A.P. <laughs> Carter went around uh, southwest Virginia and North Carolina and Georgia and mm. the, that kind of foothills area and collected all these folk songs oh. that people were singing on their front porches. 
He was an eth- he, was, he was a musical he, ethnographer. Exactly. Yeah. Right. He was the first Trip Huggins. Right. He was, and then so he uh, <laughs> the first of yeah. many. Yeah. <laughs> Trip's yeah. got to get get his act together and catch up. That's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but anyway, so that, he, was, that was too. Insane. He takes all these songs and then he goes to his house and he has you know his family band play these songs and they reinterpret them and they oh, make okay. them. And they, they they make them you know put them on a record and familiarize them for the rest of the world. Right. So they're so that from there on they're they're Carter family songs. Right. And I think you know Cash is doing the same thing with this stuff. You know that's kind of the tradition he's playing with that we're gonna you know here's a song he 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 treats hurt almost like it's a folk song. Yeah. You know the, all he does is just the lyrics, and then he's gonna run it through his own life experiences, and you get this. I mean Trent Reznor can never sing that song. No, the way Johnny Cash does. You know no, I mean? like, and in fact, yeah. I'll I'll make sure to play a little bit of Trent Reznor's version. Christmas, Lori and I went to a, uh, a cash cover band Christmas concert. Yeah. And it was, you know, it was in a bar downtown Minneapolis. It was terrible. And uh, <laughs> the, the, guy, the guy, you know, did a really good job if he just stuck to the, you know, the general corpus of Johnny Cash. And then he wants to take uh, requests from the, from the crowd at the last part of the show. And somebody yelled, hurt. And I said, don't do it. You know? Did, you, did and, you really? <laughs> you no, know, yeah. And then like, but he went ahead and did it anyways. You know, like it just like, it was terrible. You know, it was just it was it was brutal. And you just think like, there's only one person who could sing this song this way, and, and don't try to copy that. Yeah. <laughs> or just play, sing it the way he sang it. I, no, I would... you, you, you can't even sing it like he sang it. You know, that's the other part. Like, your voice has to be you know, and it's seventies and. You know, uh, right. probably three thousand packs of Marlboros and all those things have to. So I, I will tell you, I did hear um, a great cover of a Johnny Cash of the Johnny Cash song "Ring of Fire." Oh uh, yeah, and, yeah. And you can get a recording of this cover, Frank Zappa, <laughs> in, in one of the Helsinki tapes. And he was yeah. apparently Johnny Cash was going to go on stage with him and sing it with him, but then wasn't feeling well and couldn't make it. Oh and, yeah. And so they did a reggae version oh, of of yeah. "Ring of Fire." And uh, it, I think it works. Yeah, and, I'm sure it's yeah, yeah. yeah you know, but I'm a, you know, but and Zappa and and and, and Cash have a similar um, baritone in their voice. Yeah, so yeah. actually, that's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But and, but I think you know Zappa. I don't think Frank Zappa was making fun of Johnny Cash at all. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I really don't. I think that he had enough um, respect for Cash, and but also said, "Let's try this song, reggae version." <laughs> <laughs> Folks, go check that out. I'm not going to put that on. You can go find that version of Ring of Fire because you need to. Everyone needs to listen to more Zappa. Yeah, yeah. That's just a given. Just a given. <laughs> so um, that idea of bridging worlds. Uh, how how do you see that as? I mean, do you does that? You said Cash kind of informs your preaching. Mm-hmm. Um, does it inform your ministry? I'm well, kind of setting so. you up. That's yeah. kind of a, a softball question, but go no, ahead and take a, a swing at it. Question, but I'll just say this. You know, there's the 67 concert, I think, 67, 68 concert at uh, Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. So high to Vietnam War. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he gets up there and sings um, Last Night I Had the Strangest Dream, which is a peace song. You know, yeah. The, world, yeah. The, world, the war's end. Simon Garfunkel he, sing, did, a, did a great yeah, version exact, of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so there's this. Point of him, and, and everyone in, like kind of re- cheered for him, and he said, "You know, just because I support the troops doesn't mean I support war." Which at that uh, time was a more radical statement. Oh no, exactly right. And he said, "You know, he he said, you know, uh, he goes when you've been with the troops and you see what they're feeling and and experience." He said he 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 claimed he was a dove with claws, <laughs> and I think that's a fun. That's great. Yeah, it's a fun image to play with. And, you know, the, I just I remember, like, you know, those kinds of bridging worlds. I mean, like, if you say you like Johnny Cash, most everybody's got a Johnny Cash song that they like. Yeah. And it can really kind of grease a conversation to get it started. Um, and it doesn't make you, you know, you can say you like Johnny Cash and you can be a, you know, a, a, someone with a you know, a northern sensibility. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you can be someone that's, you know, from... You know, South Georgia works on trucks, and you can. Right. Yeah. You know, he's one of the few people that you can both talk both places you can talk about. Yeah. About the same subject. Yeah. Do you know? Is Is there anyone today that you know of that is kind of bridging those worlds? No, you know, I've been trying to think of that too. You know, I I, I was uh, last night I was just thinking, and I, I can't think of an artist right now who's doing it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. Uh... John Darnielle with Mountain Goat seems to be just doing a lot of good stuff, but I think he's very niche. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, like, I mean, Springsteen may be the closest. Yeah. You know, as a mainstream artist, but still, even then, I would say, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So there was something. I mean, not that we need to have, but the, you know, and that's, you know, what's interesting is, it's a, you, I wouldn't call Johnny Cash a prophet because prophets didn't tend to bridge worlds. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they tend to always stand outside of it and just yell. Well, I mean, think about it. Yeah, I, don't, I think he fits more the priest model. Mm. Yeah, you know, say, he, say, he, say more. Wear, yeah, no, I mean, like, he, he's, he dresses like a priest. Yeah, he's a true. secular priest. Yeah. You know, the, the black, the, this is going to be the uniform I wear. The songs I'm going to sing are not only going to be mine, but they're going to be expressed for the people that I represent or the people that, you know, his fans, however you want to, the community that informs his work. He, um... So yeah, I mean, and as far as you know, the pre, like the studied priest, the scribe, even. I mean, so when you look at his songs, I mean, he's got one song that's just a, a Gilhan Cabran poem that he set to music. Really? Um, yeah. So I mean, like you know, the, he, he he gives a very expansive world. Yeah. Um, so I think that priest model is better is a better way of doing it. Um, and I think you know, some of the songs really do try to describe in maybe more concrete ways, you know, how to. 
I mean, there's there's so much redemption in the songs, mm-hmm. and there's so much violence, and there's so much kind of down to earthness. I mean, you do kind of have a practicality of of what uh, what a world would look like, rather than a prophet just spewing or or just uh, yeah giving alternative worlds. Yeah, he's not known as. I mean, yeah, these songs. You know, while there's protest elements in some. Yeah. You know, I and and right now for the life of me, I can't think of the great protest singer who played the banjo and started. Oh, Pete Seeger. Pete Seeger. I was blanking on him. Like Pete Seeger, you think protest songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, and Pete Seeger was definitely not a bridge builder. I mean, bridge builder maybe to a degree, but more of, he was a prophet. Yeah. You know, and he was like, I'm here to change things. I'm here to mess things up, to upset things, all that. Mm -hmm. And I don't hear, I don't get that same feeling from Johnny Cash from his songs. It's more, I'm saying, I'm going to tell you how it is. Yeah, yeah. With protest elements here and there. I mean, there's critique. Oh, there's definitely critique, yeah, for sure. But uh, not in the same, you wouldn't put him in like the same prophetic vein of, of you know, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be the Joan Baez or, right. you know, or Pete Seeger or, yeah. Which is so interesting because Pete Seeger is someone that I'd also have this image of. I mean, Pete Seeger and Johnny Cash, their personas feel yeah. very different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they did songs together. I've seen a concert. Oh, I'm of sure. The That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm sure that they had a lot of respect for each other. But Pete Seeger also, I have the impression, like, come on, let's all sit down, hold hands, sing Kumbaya together, and be sincere yeah. about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and mean it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I don't get that impression from Johnny Cash that he would say yeah. something like that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, like, like so, you know, one of the how many social activists do you and I know, and you know, everyone else knows that. You know, I wonder, like, when was the last time they laughed or when was oh, the last time they point. danced or when was the last time that they someone told them that they love them? You know, I mean, there's this there's this anger that's in them that doesn't seem to get like I, I get it. I understand it. But, you know, with Cash, I feel like there's anger there, but he's also talking about love and he's talking about uh, enjoying life. And, yeah, you know, he, he dances on stage. He's a terrible dancer, but, he you know, he does it anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, the the song Sunday Morning Coming Down. Yeah, exactly. I, when yeah. I listened to that, at first I thought, oh, it's going to be about regret. And, no, yeah, yeah. You know, because, like, yeah. you know, I drank a few more just to kind of hair the dog kind of thing. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like that at all. It's more of like, and it was a good Sunday. And I just walked around and it was nice. You know, yeah, I got yeah. more inspiration. I'm like, well, why didn't you go to church? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, my response was like, no, no, don't. I don't. So I don't, people don't listen to Sunday Morning Coming Down. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was... My feeling about that one, <laughs> and you know, and there again, like a Johnny Cash song, but you know, it's a it's written by Chris Christopherson. You know, I mean, it was. Oh, a, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know, um, I'm not going to ask you to pick one song for people to listen to. I, and we've already gotten some, and I'll have this list on here. Is there an album you would recommend? Uh, one album? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, there is the the greatest hits of the unearthed CDs. Those are the ones by Rick Rubin. Okay, I yeah. think it's CD5 uh, of that. that. That's, you know, that's kind of the greatest hits of those. That's a really interesting album to listen to. Uh-huh. Um, and then if you wanted an earlier one, uh, I would, you know, you, this was the one you may be able to find it on CD, but, you know, It'll be on YouTube somewhere. 
the the fabulous Johnny Cash. That's one of my favorite ones. Oh, okay. Yeah. There we go. That's yeah. the one you go back to more often than others. Yeah, it's just a you know, it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was where he was really trying to create his own voice. So let's. I'll send people that. I mean, that one definitely. Listen, and 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 kids out there, uh, CD is short for compact disc. <laughs> <laughs> LP means long playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these are all important parts of of, of media. They're still yeah, they're yeah, still yeah, important. Yeah. Um, so good. So I think you know if we were to encourage people to listen, like listen to those. Um, and we'll play out, out the, they'll have heard some of these songs that we've talked about. Um, but folks read the words and, mm-hmm. you know, think about that role of, uh, bridge building, but also holding on to that prophetic edge mm-hmm. that cash also just really held on to really well and find that Zappa version of ring of fire. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I encourage it. Mm-hmm. All right, so, uh, Travis, what time is your worship service? 9.30. Now, that's the right time to have it. Is that what yours is? Yeah, 9.30. Yeah. So that's 9.30, and, and even and do you ever cancel for snow? We have canceled in seven years twice for snow. So really yeah. almost never. Right, right, almost never, yeah. So if you're in um, the Twin Cities, um, although you know everyone knows that Minneapolis is better than St. Paul, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt. Um, so, but if you're in the Twin Cities area or, or that part of, of Minnesota, go to the Judson Memorial Baptist Church at 930 in the morning to hear some fine preaching, some wonderful music, and uh, who knows what else. And, and probably some good t- and treats afterwards during the coffee hour, right? Uh, you know, we have, you know, standard church coffee and standard church after hour treats. Yeah. So that's... don't get your hopes up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For non-church folks, that stuff's pretty good. <laughs> we we take it for granted. <laughs> and if if you're in the greater Rhode Island or the southern New England area, uh, come to the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich. Our worship service is also 9:30. We hear some fine music. You get some fine food, and the preaching, well, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> and it happens. you know it's going to be better than it is at most other places. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, so, yeah, thanks. Yeah. That was yeah. unsolicited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, um, all right, Travis, thanks a lot for being on the show. Thank you, Jonathan. What you into? Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Travis Norville. I hope you enjoyed the little snippets of the Johnny Cash songs, the Johnny Cash music, the musical renderings of Johnny Cash by Johnny Cash. Um, and the one Trent Reznor song as well. Uh, it's so interesting to think about uh, just b- being a bridge, being in between, and really looking at the, the opus of one's work and, and seeing the ways that he lives out um, his faith, his witness in, in, in a way that I don't think you could find with other kinds of Christian quote-unquote Christian artists or, or Christian individuals. I guess we have this impression, this understanding of, of Christians as really being resolutely in one camp, and, and Johnny Cash just kind of pulls that into a, a different way of being, 
Anyways, you, you don't need me to get into all of that. I mean, Travis and I just talked about it. You got more than what I can offer as some kind of just uh, pithy kind of summation of what it is you just listened to. In fact, why don't you give me your summation of what it is you listened to? Why don't you let me know what you heard in that conversation? How can you do that? I'm glad you asked. You can do that by sending an email to 12enough at gmail.com. That's 12enough. 12 is written out at gmail.com. You can also go to the Facebook page, Facebook slash 12enough, 12 written out. Um, Go to the show page, 12enough.com, where you can find the show notes for this show and other shows, also my blog posts and wilderness hikes that I lead, bike trips that I'm involved in. I'm doing too much. That's what it comes down to. I'm just doing way too much. I need to stop. Mm, But not yet. Uh, I know that we have. I just did a live show as well, so that's going to be coming up. I've got a couple of other really great guests booked. But if you want to make a suggestion or if, uh, about people you think would be good to have on the show or topics you think would be good, uh, send me an email or you can send uh, post that on Facebook. Um, if you think you would be, if you would like to be on the show, and I mean this in all, all sincerity, I think everyone has something interesting to say. I really do. And if you think you have something interesting to share, something you're passionate about, or something you want to, you wonder about and want to just wonder with someone else, let me know. I'd love to have you on the show. Uh, so 12enough at gmail.com. Also, please go to iTunes, rate the show, like the show, do all that, and tell other people about the show. I think there's always something of value and worth to be found on these shows. And as always, thank you very much for listening. 12 Enough is a podcast about Christian faith and culture in the modern age. Your hosts were Jonathan Malone, the pastor of the First Baptist Church of East Greenwich, Rhode Island, and Travis Norville, the pastor of Judson Memorial Baptist Church in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The thoughts, ideas, opinions, ruminations, moments of brilliance, moments of wondering, um, and all other sorts of moments here do not represent the hosts' churches. They do not represent their denominations, their family, their friends, the states they live to. They certainly do not represent Johnny Cash, which is doing the best we can to try to summate in some way how his influence has been felt and experienced in our lives and in the lives of others. All this is to be said, that this is their show, these are their ideas, and that was the most cumbersome ending I think I've ever recorded. <laughs>